What would you do if you woke up in the middle of the night and you saw a strange woman in your room? It's an interesting story. We'll take a look at it. And then we delve deep into the newest conspiracy. You may argue it's just one I made up. But I'm pretty sure it's real. Is it possible that world-famous singer Lizzo is actually being canceled not because she forced her backup dancers to eat a banana out of a, another woman's vagina. The story's so weird. Is it possible that she's not being canceled for fat phobia and sexual assault? Is it possible that the real reason why Lizzo's career is dissipating is because the world's about to get much, much smaller? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Ace Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm back from my vacation. I know it was weird. Um, I just kind of stopped putting out episodes. I wasn't even running repeats. Uh, we'll talk about that later. I, I just, I'm going to do something different with my breaks in the future. I didn't want to overwhelm you with just repeats. I just felt lazy. But um, someone who's never lazy, someone who's jogging into Dead Rabbit Command right now while doing her job, which might be a professional jogger, running into Dead Rabbit Command right now, everyone give it up for Kelly Adams. Woohoo! Yeah! Wee! <laughs> yeah! Do more work! Kelly, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. I often say this, I go, if you can't support the show financially, help spread the word about the show. And Kelly reached out to me and was telling me the way she's helping to spread the word. And I give the, the same amount of love to those people. You can't support the show financially through Patreon or through donations or the merch store or anything like that. I totally understand. Just help spread the word. And that's what Kelly Adams has been doing. So really, really appreciate it, Kelly. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode today. And I appreciate everybody for listening to the show. Really do. Really, really do. I appreciate you guys being very patient on my break. It was very relaxing. I saw a ton of movies. We're going to be doing a lot of Dead Rabbit Radio recommends in the coming weeks. Kelly, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. Let's get it out of the garage. I haven't used it for a while. Let's toss you the keys for the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind the Rabbit Man. Drive us all the way out to a little girl's bedroom. Nice, leisurely drive across America. We don't have an exact location. It might not even be in America, for all I know. It could be take place in Beirut. But um, we're, it's a little girl's bedroom. That's <laughs> specific. You're like, wow, Jason, that narrows it down to about three billion bedrooms. We're at this uh, little girl's bedroom. We don't have an exact name, but we're going to go ahead and call this girl Brandy. Now, Brandy, now, in 2023, she's 19 years old. But back 14 years ago... Uh, she was only five, between the ages of five and six, and she started to develop this sleeping problem. This little five-year-old girl, she wakes up in the middle of the night, and she's laying there in her dark bedroom, and she sees in the corner of her room a figure. She can't really make out any details at first. There's just someone in her room that shouldn't be there. And it's terrifying to her. And so she would crawl under her blankets and she'd begin screaming, Mama, Papa, there's someone in here, help me. And then, of course, the mother and the father would uh, burst down the door at full speed. 
kid says something like that. And there wouldn't be anyone in there. <laughs> Dad's all disappointed. He's like, what? I racked my shotgun for nothing? There'd be no one in there. And Brandy would go, but I saw somebody in the room. I saw someone over there in the corner. And parents kind of turn and look. And they're like, there's nobody over there. And the dad, Brandy says her dad was a very religious man. He goes, well, Brandy, maybe you did see somebody. But that was just your guardian angel. It's just your guardian angel standing in the darkness in the middle of the night, like all guardian angels. It's just your guardian angel, Brandy. Don't be afraid, even if you did see something. But they didn't really think she saw something. I'll kiss her on the forehead. Put her back to bed. A couple nights later, Brandy wakes up, and the figure is in the room again. But this time, it's not in the corner of the room. It's a little bit closer to Brandy's bed. A couple nights after that, Brandy wakes up. The figure is even closer to her bed now. And this time she can get a better look at it. She can identify it as a female. Tall. Well, they probably could figure that out in the corner of the room. But <laughs> she didn't have one of those tapes like in a liquor store that has the inches on the wall. She uh, notices that it's uh, female, feminine. It's tall and it has long black hair. And each time that she would see this thing appear, it was starting to become not necessarily common, but um, more than once, right? It's more than just the one person in the room. She's seen it get a little bit closer. Each time she does the same thing. She crawls under her blankets and she screams at the top of her lungs. Parents run into the room and they console her and put her back to bed. And Brandy says, listen, I was not someone who was surrounded by scary media. I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies. I didn't even know what a ghost was at that age. But I knew that this was not right. This was a stranger in my room. This was someone that she had no idea who this person was, or how they got there, or what they were doing there. And she didn't know what a ghost was. She didn't watch any scary movies. And so her mind's reeling. We would be like, oh, that's a ghost. <laughs> we might be peeing our pants while we're saying that, but we could put it in some sort of context. The ghost, at best, the demon at worst. One night, Brandy wakes up, and the woman is standing at the foot of her bed. It's about as close, <laughs> about as, close as you can get to a bed without being in it. And... Brandy, at this point, right, she is so traumatized and so terrified that she doesn't even scream. She said, I was too scared to scream. I threw the blankets over my head and closed my eyes as tight as they could close. Urgh. Hoping it would go away. Now, and, and to be fair, I mean, sure, it went away each time. Each time her parents came in and it went away. But this seemed to work as well. The creature didn't grab her or anything like that. She closed her eyes, she hid, and then the figure just disappeared. And the very next night, Brandy wakes up in the middle of the night. First thing she does is she looks at the foot of her bed. There's no woman. Woman wasn't there, and she's like, well, maybe the saga is over. Maybe this thing, maybe all that I wanted to do was get close to my bed, and not to me. 
Ah, what an adventure. What Brandy did was she woke up, she looked at the foot of her bed, there was no woman standing there, she relaxed. She then rolled onto her side and saw that the woman was standing, or really kneeling. You you, you pick what's scarier, what's scarier. Someone's, <laughs> you're like, Jason, they're both equally terrifying. Well, hold on. It's scarier, I would argue, to be kneeling. Because that's not normal. <laughs> You're like, Jason, I'm sure there's a lot of nuns and priests who would disagree with you on that, monks. It would be creepier. But anyways, the, because it's just weirder, right? We all have to agree that, knee, first off, it's incredibly uncomfortable. If someone's kneeling to do something, they're very dedicated to whatever they're doing. If they're like a mechanic and they're like, oh, time to fix the alternator. They get on their knees. Actually, they lay on their back. Because <laughs> they're super lazy. They're like, oh, that's why I got this job. I just bring a sleeping bag to work, and I work on cars, and then when they all drive away, I take a nap. Uh, if, if I hate getting on my knees, personally. So, if it's creepier to me that somebody's on there. <laughs> Jason, just get to a... What, a... what a point. What a point to go off on your anti-knee rant. No kneeling. She rolls over in bed, and... I don't know if she was... <laughs> know she was standing or kneeling but the point is is that brandy said when she rolled over, she's a little girl it's a little bed she goes when she rolled over in bed she saw the woman face to face with her so i'm imagining the woman was kneeling so she would be face to face with the little girl's bed however it's possible she's a ghost she might have just been floating there just from the waist up if you'd been in another room, you would have seen a pair of legs dangling through the ceiling. Brandy rolls over, and she comes face-to-face -face with this woman. This is the closest she's ever been to this phantasm. And obviously, all of the life force is sucked out of Brandy. Not literally. She didn't die. But you know what I mean? Like, you can imagine seeing something so terrifying, literally taking your breath away. <gasps> this entity that had slowly been working its way towards you, you were hoping it was just towards your bed, but now you realize it's towards you. You roll over on your side and you're face to face with it. You're staring right into its eyes. And the most gruesome detail of all, Brandy now realized that this figure with long black hair, this tall, well, formerly tall spirit of a woman with long black hair, had no eyelids. Brandy obviously completely freaked out by this. And she and this is where she really says, she goes, I've never seen anything this grisly in my life. Never watched horror movies. Wasn't interested in any of this stuff. And here I am for the very first time. Like, you know, if you've seen a couple Hellraiser movies, you've seen people's flesh fly off in multiple directions. Uh, I've seen movies like Dead Alive. I don't recommend five-year-olds watching those, by the way, but... Some do. Some kids, little kids watch uh, Freddy Krueger stuff. But she didn't. She she never seen anything this gruesome in her life. She freaks out. She begins screaming at the top of her lungs. Parents run into the room like they normally do and console her. Now, Brandy says that was the last time I ever saw this thing. But I don't think it will be the last time that I see it. I think that it's still around somewhere. 
I have a feeling it's going to come for me again. And this is a really interesting story. This is actually posted online by someone who goes by the name Brandy, but there's a nine instead of an A, so Brindy. She said, years later after this all happened, and, and, and I could totally see someone doing that. I could totally see someone kind of hiding this secret, but every time, I'm sure when they heard their daughter <laughs> screaming at the top of their lungs, they're like, ah, I might want to tell the rest of the family what happened. What happened was, Brandy said, I found this out years later, that when my mom had performed a ritual, my mom had performed a ritual at some point in her life. It wasn't around the time that Brandy was dealing with all this stuff. Apparently, according to Brandy's story, Brandy's mom had a beef with her ex-husband. And she wanted to put a curse on him. And the mom said, listen, I performed this ritual. I don't even know really what I was doing. But I wanted to get back at him. So I went to this random road somewhere in upstate New York. And I, and I, I they didn't specify it. I'm wondering if it was a crossroad, which are generally used for summoning demons and curses, making deals, bargains, stuff like that. She goes, I went to this random road um, somewhere in upstate New York. The mom picked this road for a reason, but but Brandy described it as a random road. And the mother performed some sort of ritual to get back at her ex-husband. And Brandy hears this and thinks, it's possible that this figure I was seeing my mom had summoned in some way. And it's possible the mom thought that as well. It's possible that as this was going on, the mom's like, well, I did, uh, I did summon the demon of girls' bedrooms because I wanted to get back at my uh, ex-husband. And uh, maybe this thing was coming through. This is the reason why Brandy thinks this thing could still be out there. Brandy does not think it was just a dream. Brandy feels like at any moment this bedroom phantom may reappear in her life. And the reason why is because if you can you can track hauntings to houses a lot of times, you know, haunted locations. Sometimes these hauntings attach themselves to us. But when you do a ritual, this is obviously like occult paranormal 101, but when you do a ritual like whatever her mother did, the worst thing you can do is not know what you're doing. It's the same thing if you walked into a chemist's laboratory and you go, fluids, I've heard of this stuff, do 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 and start pouring fluids everywhere. Um, you might blow up. You might not. <laughs> I don't think your chemist is Dr. Doom. But you know what I mean? Like, you go, oh, I've heard of this stuff, base and acid. Oh, yeah. And you're, like, pouring stuff into a big beaker. And the chemist is like, no, no, not those, not those. And then all of a sudden, everything starts blowing up. Again, it's kind of, it's kind of on the chemist. They let you in in the first place. Kept those chemicals laying around. But you know what I mean? People go off and they buy these books from like Llewellyn Press and it's like how to summon demons or like 50 love spells to get back the man of your dream or whatever. And they start performing them. Ooh, I put a black rose by my window and a half-eaten melon underneath a cat's tummy every second Sunday and my true love will come back. 
yeah, you know, listen, some of that stuff's just made up because it's funny, right? They, they, they're like, you know, this is a really good spell book, but you only got 48 spells. We need to market it as 50 love spells. You're like, yeah, I'll just figure something out. Some of it's made up. Some of it's real. And if you don't know what you're doing, the people who are writing these books, I don't. I, some of them are grifts, but I don't think a lot of them are. I'm not calling out Llewellyn Press. Technically, I don't even think that's how you pronounce the name of the publisher. But the the you know some of them are grifts, but a lot of them are they're real spells in a way. The difference is the person writing that book has probably had 10, 15, 20 years of actually performing this type of magic. So they may not be including, you know, banishing rituals and these things that are kind... The same way a chemist may automatically know that if you mix these two chemicals together, it's going to turn you into a puddle. It's going to turn you into a liquid. He's never going to do that. The chemist is going to be like, oh, I probably should keep these in opposite sides of the room. I should probably label them instead of making them so colorful and fun. Um, chemists know how to clean up a, a, a mess quickly, right? They know safety procedures when they're dealing with these type of chemicals. I don't. And it's even worse when you're just downloading spells off the internet or rituals off the internet when you're finding stuff that's written on a, you know, a form like the Shadowlands.net where just anyone can submit stuff. You don't know who's putting it out there. You find a spell or a ritual because you want to get back at someone this stuff is dangerous, and this story really does accentuate that. It doesn't seem like anything really came back onto the mom. I doubt the husband knows about this, right? He's very religious. He may have a hard time, you know, realizing that, you know, her, his wife, his wife apparently traveled to upstate New York at some point and evoked the powers of darkness. But you know what? Maybe he, he does know, and he just goes, you know, that's part of her past because that happens as well, but... The point is, is that the parents don't seem to be bearing the brunt of this ritual, of the payback from this. It's Brandy, and Brandy should be concerned that this thing may still be hanging around. Because it probably is, if this was connected to that ritual, you know. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as, I want the soul of your firstborn for me to make your your ex-husband, you know, get a flat tire or whatever like that. It'd be mild, mildly inconvenienced. Your ex-husband will be mildly inconvenienced for the next six months, but I want to torment your daughter. It doesn't have to be stated in such a way, but these, these things can happen. These types of deals often go sideways, and uh, Brandy's paying the price for it. Now, it's been 14 years. She hasn't seen it. But that doesn't mean anything. Because remember, we're dealing with the paranormal. Most of the paranormal forces we encounter, you can't see anyways. So it may be affecting her life in other ways. It definitely has her on edge. Not being able to get a good night's sleep. You know, that's going to affect you. <laughs> I guess. I get you really, Jason. I don't get a good night's sleep. I don't think it's an eyeless demon woman in my room. I mean, if that's the worst thing that happens to her, she's like, oh, man, uh, I only got seven hours of sleep last night, but it feels like it was only five. I guess that's not bad on the grand scheme of things, but I'm wondering if this thing is still hanging around, but influencing and affecting her life in more invisible ways than just hiding it in the bedroom. Again, just because she doesn't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Every time that this thing 
She only has the stories where she wakes up in the middle of the night and she sees it standing there. How many nights was she sleeping peacefully the entire night and this woman with no eyelids is just staring at her from the darkness all night long? You know, we only have the stories where she actually wakes up. This thing may be there all the time. And just because Brandy can't see the woman with no eyelids doesn't mean that woman is not constantly watching Brandy. Kelly, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. Let's get it out. Haven't used it in a month. Everyone climb on board. Kelly flies up, up, and away out of this little girl's bedroom. We're leaving it behind. We're headed all the way out to a strip club in Amsterdam. This is one of the weirdest stories. We had a very weird time while I was on my break. Aliens have invaded South America. Hopefully we'll be talking about that tomorrow. I'm still doing like, what? That should have been your first episode, Jason. What? That's a weird story. I still got some more research to do. I couldn't get it done in time for this one. But aliens have invaded South America. Absolutely bizarre. If you haven't heard about it, don't tune in tomorrow's episode. We had the UFO hearings in the United States. I should have live streamed those, but I didn't have my microphone. That would have been a fun thing. There'll be more. There'll be more. But anyways, UFO hearings in the United States. Alien invasion in Peru. Plane lady happened while I was on vacation. That mf over there is not real. I have a whole thing to talk about that. You're like, Jason, that's so old. That's like so old at this point. So what's the first story I want to talk about? <laughs> the alien fleet is slowly taking over the capitals of our neighbor to the south. Lizzo, the, 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 this is a super interesting story to me because as a conspiracy theorist, the one thing that conspiracy theorists always talk about is the hidden hand. The hidden hand is something that conspiracy theorists always talk about. And it's at basic, most basic form is there is a group or groups of people that are controlling things from behind the scenes. We see these everywhere. It's one of the things that conspiracy theorists and non-conspiracy theorists tend to fight over. I, I mean, obviously you can see it where you can have a town where it's ruled by the real estate developers. Not on paper. There's a mayor and there's a city council and things like that. But at the end of the day, the real estate developers have so much economic power in the area that they control things. They actually control who gets elected. They control what policies. Nobody voted on them. That's a hidden hand. We see that happen in local government. So to think that it doesn't happen in national government or world government, you know, uh, UN, things like that, it's kind of ridiculous. Let's take a look at, I mean, this is a super interesting story. I'll try to keep it brief. Lizzo's known mostly for two things. One, she's a singer. Two, she is overweight. I think the medical term, and listen, I'm not, <laughs> Jason, come on, man. You know exactly what I want to say. I'm no Sam Slim myself, okay? I technically, when I go to the doctor on my medical records, I'm classified as morbidly obese. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what Lizzo's medical records say. I'm sure it's the same thing, morbidly obese. She's a big woman. And she's known for that. 
Be- not because people are laughing at her, although some do. It's because she's accepted that as a body positivity thing, right? She goes, look how big I am, but I'm still beautiful. I'm so healthy. I feel good in my own body. I feel good in my own body. I feel good in my own form. I feel beautiful. I feel brave. So the body positive movement has really embraced Lizzo as being this icon, this woman who, despite conventional beauty standards in the West, she's held up as a beautiful woman. That's the narrative. That's an, I, I think she believes that, honestly. But, I mean, that's the narrative that's been put forth. Now, listen, I'll put all my cards on the table. I don't have many to play. I'm pretty ambivalent towards Lizzo. We talked about her once on this show, I think, in relation to a fitness uh, website. Uh, I think it was just the website Fit. Where they make fun of Lizzo. <laughs> because these people all... Well, they say they lift weights. They say they're getting in shape, but they make fun of Lizzo. I talked about her, I think, in passing like that. Her music's good. I like her music. But other than that, I don't really engage that much in Lizzo-based media. She pops up every so often in the cultural zeitgeist. But, I mean, like, her songs are good when they come up on Pandora. I listen to them. I'm not skipping them automatically. But I've never sat there and go, you know what? Today needs a little Lizzo. And then start listening to her music. Very ambivalent towards her as a person and music. I mean, she, I, I assume that she's a nice person. Now, again, according to recent news reports, that's not the case. So w- w- the main conspiracy here is that Lizzo, body positive singer, and she worked really hard to get her career. You know, if you look this stuff up, she'd been making music since 2013. It wasn't until 2019 that her she had her first hit song, Truth Hurts, and she'd written that song in like 2015. It had been just floating around on one of her old albums. All of a sudden, she becomes this huge hit in 2019. Truth Hurts, and then the song called Good As Hell really skyrocketed to the A-list of singers. There's also another side of the story, you know, that she worked really, really hard. There's another side of the story is that she's actually what's known as an industry plant. The music industry goes, you know what, this is hot right now. We need something right now in this vein. Find us a singer like this. And what they do, and that's fine, right? You want to be a rock label, you're going to go out and find rock bands. What they'll do, though, is they'll not just find an artist and pluck them out of obscurity. They'll create a narrative of them really struggling and working their way up through the ranks to get to where they're at. Not... We need a fat woman to start singing songs because we want to push body positivity. We want to get in on this on the ground floor. We see there's a seismic shift, no pun intended, of people loving the body that they're in. And we want a star that's going to look like that, and we're going to make her a star. She has to have a base level of talent. They can't pick me and have me start saying, well, they, the, obese, the obese part, they're like, hey, man, you got that down? Can you sing? And I was like, no. And they're like, ah, whatever. So she has the chops, right? She has the singing ability. This is the idea behind an industry plan. And in Lizzo's case, it would specifically be, we want a very, very large woman because we're going to push this body positivity movement. It's just making money. 
you wanted this singer who would be lifted up by all corners of the internet. But would she? Because part of the industry plant thing is, is like you make it look organic and you make it look like these communities are embracing her, but you're pumping tons of money into these communities. You have these bots that lift her up until real people start to see it and then they, to be part of this group, this new group, then you start to organically push it. This is how most things, not all, this is how most things become hits these days, become famous these days. It seems organic. It seems like you discovered them. But really, there was a very, very um, concentrated push by someone behind the scenes. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But it, it, I, you could argue it's a bad thing if you're not being upfront with the end goal. And, and Lizzo is coming out, she's making music, but the this is where the conspiracy theory starts, is that the reason why they chose her was because they wanted to glorify obesity. Not just as a beauty standard, which is completely acceptable, right? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. People love all sorts of bodies. It's not just about beauty at any size. It's about health at any size, saying that no matter how big you are, you can be healthy. And they took Lizzo and they made her the icon for that. Well, what has happened now? Let's get down to the meat and potatoes. <laughs> and again, not a, not a pun. Maybe I'm a little hungry. Uh, meat and potatoes of this thing. Just a couple weeks ago, alien invasion, <laughs> alien hearings of the Senate. That mother effer is not real. All that's going on. My eyes were clearly locked in on Lizzo because she's been demolished. Not by... <laughs> she wasn't in South America. She didn't get killed by a flying seven-foot-tall bulletproof alien. We'll talk about that tomorrow. No. What happened was... I remember reading the article. I read the article the first day, and I thought, hmm, that's weird. And then I figured I would never hear from it again. Because, listen, she's a celebrity, and people make allegations against celebrities all the time. <laughs> Kevin Spacey, for example. I mean, Kevin Spacey is Teflon at this point. Nothing sticks. People make allegations all the time. Most of the time, they settle out of court four years after the allegations was made. I, I mean, I read the article. They got me to click on it. But what happened was Lizzo is being accused of two things. One is maybe a little rude, maybe truthful, right? And like Lizzo says, the truth hurts. The, the second one, I'm pretty sure is a crime in any jurisdiction. First one was, and this was her biggest sin. This is what all the articles lead with. Lizzo, Lizzo apparently fat-shamed her dancers, who I should mention are also all obese. She has a... Which makes sense. <laughs> I mean, which would... It makes sense. It makes sense that if you're overweight, you want your backup dancers to be overweight. If I was doing a if I was doing a performance in a Donald Duck costume, I would not want everyone else dressed up like the Rugrats. You guys gotta wear Huey Dewey and Louie, Scrooge McDuck, you can be Launchpad. You know, we're all we're all doing the same thing, right? She has these overweight backup dancers, and apparently at a meeting, she has complained that her backup dancers are getting too fat. And she goes, if you guys get too fat, you're gonna get fired. Because, and this is true, you can't dance. <laughs> I mean, there's, a, there's a limit to how much weight you can put on and then perform 
every single night. Or three nights a week, or whatever it is. Whatever the tour is, because that's how you make your money in between albums. I went and saw MC Hammer at the State Fair, probably like in 2010, 2011. The dude is like 55 years old. He wasn't obese, but I'll tell you this, he did not dance like he did when he was 20. However, his backup dancers were all much younger than him, but they were all around the same height as MC Hammer. None of them were wearing DuckTales costumes. But they were all dressed the same. They are all around the same height. And they danced their pants off. But it gave this illusion that MC Hammer also still had the same moves in him. Yes, he did the little, oh, oh, that, because anyone can do the back and forth hammer pants dance. But, I mean, it was an hour long show, maybe 45 minutes. There's no way he could have kept up. But by having four people that were similar size to him, similar build, but much younger, it gave the illusion that he was a pretty good dance. He could outdance me, but I mean, you know what I mean? My point, you see what I mean. Now, if a Lizzo's on stage, she's obviously not doing all of the dance routines. Because she's singing, playing the flute, doing stuff like that. You want your backup dancers to be dancing, but it is true. It's a truism if you are too obese, and I know we've all seen like a commercial here and there, or a YouTube video of a very heavy man doing some crazy dance moves, a Megan Trainer video, by the way. But the, the, my point is, is that she's right. There is a there is a graph that says too fat and can't dance anymore. Now, that may be on a different level for different people, but I would assume the cutoff is not that. <laughs> I think probably 350, 400, you're going to start running into problems. So that was her, fr and that was her biggest crime was the perceived fat phobia by saying you can't do that. But that's not actually a crime. Her next thing she did, actually a crime. Actually could get her in a lot of trouble. And also, it's the funniest one. It's the funniest one. But it is also still a crime. The more damning and what I think are actually illegal charges. But these aren't the ones that people are talking about, and this is where I really get my conspiracy theory from, is apparently in Amsterdam, there's a place that you go to, it's not in France where you see the naked ladies dance, but it, it is a strip club. Um, it, you, you'll wish it was. <laughs> you'll wish it was just naked ladies dancing around. I don't know, maybe, I guess people are into this. It's a established business. Lizzo, a couple years ago, had found out about the strip club in Amsterdam where the dancers, or the strippers, do this weird thing where you... Okay, well, if there's any kids in the room, if there's any kids in the room, you should leave now. Probably shut off the episode. It's okay to hear about a ghost in your bedroom with no eyelids, but uh, be careful of this segment. That first one's just going to traumatize you. This one uh, is just gross. In this Amsterdam strip club, the performers will... Put, cut, put bananas up in their vaginas and then invite the audience to, <laughs> to eat the banana. It's a, uh, it's a new take on the banana split. You get up in there and you eat the banana. In America, you would never do anything like that. Right? <laughs> First off, it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Secondly, you not only have to worry about any diseases that the stripper may have, <laughs> but you're looking at the guy next to you and he's all, yum, 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 yum. He eats half of it, and then you have to eat the other half? 
Like, you have to take a bite right after. I mean, imagine if the guy sitting next to you is just eating some hot wings, and then he goes here, and he hands you a half-eaten hot wing. Um, <laughs> now make it extra gross, right? It's coming out of a woman. So they had this this club, and Lizzo had heard about this years ago, and she was uh, totally curious. So when she was in the area with her dance troupe, she said, hey, guys, um, let's go to the banana bar, which might actually be the name of the place. Let's go to the banana bar. And, you know, you shouldn't bring your employees to any sort of sexually charged environment. Uh, that You can run into a lot of legal problems here in America over that. But then she forced her backup dancers. So originally three backup dancers filed this uh, civil lawsuit against her. Two of them had one places on her team as backup dancers doing a Amazon reality show. I think it's Amazon or Apple called um, look out for the big girls. And these were two, you know, just normal women who decided to <laughs> decided to humiliate themselves on television, but they, hey, they got to travel the world. It can't be that bad. They, they are two of the original three women. A lot of people, a lot of past employees of Lizzo are coming out of the woodwork. Coming out of the banana factory, ex uh, accusing her of this stuff. One of them was a documentary filmmaker. She said, I was going to shoot a movie on her, and she was such an awful person, I ended the project. A lot of people are coming out to talk about this. But So apparently at the strip club, Lizzo was bullying these dancers, and she made them. It's not like she held her head. It's not like she held the back of their head and was like, eat, eat, eat. Um... But, you know, if your boss is telling you to eat a banana protruding from a woman's vagina, you, you there's a fear that you'll get fired if you don't. And in America, you would see dollar signs appear in your eyes. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to sue you right now. Um, and, you know, these obviously were all American-based employees. Just because they were in Amsterdam doesn't mean you're just uh, uh, beholden to their laws. But anyway, so uh, Lizzo, they felt forced to eat the bananas. They felt forced to eat bananas out of strippers' vaginas. They also, and you know, hats off to Amsterdam. This would seem like it would be quite the show. Not only did these strippers have... <laughs> I don't know if this was the whole time. You're like, man, I just want to see a regular old stripper. I'm allergic to bananas. She's all shaking really close to you. You're like, ah. They didn't just do the banana thing. They also have... And, and Lizzo made her employees do this as well. These employees felt really uncomfortable. These backup dancers felt really uncomfortable. Because not only were they forced to eat bananas... <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. I know it's like a sex crime, right? By forcing your employees to do this. But just the imagery is so bizarre. Not only were the employees bullied, forced... And, these, these are allegations, right? Lizzo's denying all this stuff. But not only were these employees forced to eat bananas, but... Also, the strippers would do this thing where they would shove they would shove dildos up inside of them and then launch them out like some sort of artillery cannon, right? They would I assume they would like take a position almost like one of those giant crabs from Starship Troopers and they would like contort themselves. I don't know. Maybe they just sat in a chair. Maybe it wasn't like a good fifty yards. I don't know. Maybe it just slid out. But the point is, the articles made it sound like they were trying to shoot apples off the top of people's heads, bananas out of people's mouths. 
the the strippers would insert dildos and then would launch them out of themselves and the audience would catch them and Lizzo was forcing her employees to try to catch the flying dildos <laughs> now here's the thing I wonder if you get to keep take them home with you right do you get to keep the dildo if you catch it it sounds like it'd be very expensive dildos are not cheap i think they're like 50 60 bucks each i don't know i'm not i'm not an expert dildo shopper you're like no jason here's a website you can go to i buy them in bulk i get 12 for 15 dollars. i don't know if you get to take it home with you i don't know if you would want to but the point is is that lizzo was making people do stuff sexual stuff that they are uncomfortable with those are the two main allegations the allegations of her not being a nice person to be around that's not really anything you can sue on there's also allegations that someone else in her crew would often berate the dancers and say that they were living a, a bad life and stuff like that. <laughs> like, you guys are living in sin. You caught all those dildos. They're like, we were forced to. We were forced to. They're all eating bananas. I'm still trying to eat this same banana I got a week ago and trying to choke it down. Stuff like that. Doesn't really raise to the level of it, it shows like a hostile work environment, but it doesn't raise to the level of being sued. But between all of these things, one is one is really a crime is your boss forcing you to engage in sexual activity, even though it's not with her. It's still, you know, if your boss said, hey, if you want this raise, you got to sleep with me. But <laughs> me, me is this gimp I have hidden in my closet. That's still a sexual harassment. That's still gonna get you in trouble because he's forcing you to do something sexual you don't want to anyways or quid pro quo whether or not you want to it's still a crime the the big the big thing that's really taking her down is the fat phobia i was actually shocked to see these numbers this is a, a, a neat thing we can see behind the scenes and i'll wrap this up i'll wrap this up real quick this is turning out to be a lizzo sized episode but it's the first episode we we go a little bit long there's a website I go to all the time called Showbiz411. It's one of those websites that's been around since really the beginning of the internet. It's Every article is written by the same guy. It's a great website, though, if you're into the, uh, you know, behind the scenes of the media, which I am. I love all that stuff. Uh, Showbiz411, and I have a really hard time believing these stats, but again, this website's never steered me wrong before. They got the numbers from a, a tracking site called Luminate. They said before all of this happened, Lizzo was getting 2,000 sales a day of everything. It seems really low. But talking about digital sales or album sales, it'd be 2,000 of every album, 2,000 of every song, 2,000 of everything each a day. So let's say she has, you know, at this point, 30 songs out. 2,000 of each of those and 2,000 of each uh, album. It sounds low, though, right? I mean, but uh, Showbiz 4 and one said that's pretty typical when an artist doesn't have a new album out. That's pretty typical nowadays, except for, like, maybe someone like Taylor Swift that has, like, this rabid fan base. Now, though, after these allegations came out, went from 2,000 sales of everything each day, of every single thing she's put out every single day, now she has 30 total of everything each day. So that includes downloads, streams, purchases. I mean, that's nothing. Uh, the fluffle at this point is bigger than Lizzo's fan base. You guys have more purchasing power than the entirety of the Lizzo world 
that wouldn't make it. I'm sure there's more than 30 people in my city right now listening to Lizzo. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people have really turned on her. And that is where we have this conspiracy theory. And you may go, Jason, you didn't need to spend 20 minutes building up this conspiracy theory. But I think it's not only a, a interesting conspiracy theory, it's super important to where the world is going. And, and really, here's the things that we got to look at. The telling dancers you can't dance if you are 400 pounds, that's just stating a fact. Now, it can hurt people's feelings, right? And if you're a body-positive icon, it may seem odd. But here's the thing. I thought this story was going to disappear. I read the article and I go, huh. And I remember in my head thinking, nothing will ever come of this. Because she's such a big star. Musicians, let's just focus on musicians, because this happens to writers and actors and celebrity athletes, all these people. Musicians get accused of this stuff all the time. Whether or not it's true, we don't know. This trial is going on. We have no idea whether or not any of this is true. But they get accused of stuff all the time. And the media decides whether or not, if we ever even hear of it, to begin with, right? And secondly, how big of a deal it is. So the fact that we even heard about this civil case, obviously, like, this is open court. You know, these all this paperwork's public. You, any, any website could have ran with this story. But there's a lot of stuff that I read on really, really fringe websites that are arguably much more important than this. Involving the same group of people. I'm not talking about politicians, but you'll come across stuff. Allegations against musicians. And, you know, perfect example, uh, David Bowie. I just saw his photo. Someone made a cat puzzle. And they used David Bowie as one of the cats. And it was David Meowie or something like that. David Bowie was banging a 13-year-old for a while. Now, it was the 1970s. But she was still 13 in the 1970s. And I remember when he passed away, there was a little bit, a little bit of news about should we be celebrating the life and artistry of a man who had a sexual relationship with a 13-year-old girl? But that wasn't the main thrust of the narrative. The main thrust was we lost David Bowie, this great artist. You see that narrative, you see that article pop up here and there, and people go, Why aren't we more outraged? Why are we celebrating the life of a man who had a sexual relationship with a 13 year old girl for a period of time? And really, what happens is the media does decide the narratives that we hear. So, the fact that we're one, not only aware of this, but two, it's been going on for days and days and days. Now, her concert, she was supposed to do this, she's supposed to headline this big concert. Concert got canceled. Uh, it was actually due to poor ticket sales, but the articles were like, Lizzo fat-shamed this woman or these women, and now she's lost this concert. She's lost, She, I guess she was up to be uh, the person during the halftime Super Bowl. And they made a big deal of that she's been taken out of contention. Beyonce has a song where she mentions Lizzo. We're talking like next day, next two days, after these allegations came out. Beyonce performs that song where she says Lizzo's name. She took Lizzo's name out of the song. She just said, like, Aretha Franklin three or four times. Like another iconic singer. Very, very fast turnaround on this one. Why? Why? People get accused of this stuff all the time. 
So why is this one sticking? I, there's two real theories that we have to go on. We'll wrap it up like this. My first one is is that she's well, actually three. The first one, though, is kind of basic. She pissed off the wrong people, and they're not just taking her down a notch. They're destroying her career. This could have been something where, you know, there's some powerful person or powerful group of people that she said no to, and they had it with her. They thought she got a little bit too big for britches, no pun intended, and have decided to shut off the spigot. That type of stuff happens. That happens in our normal work day workplaces, right? That can happen to you or me. Change in management, all of a sudden you're persona non grata. The other one, a little more spicy, is this isn't the main conspiracy theory, we're getting to that, is that when we look at the music industry, a big thing that pops up in the music industry is its ties to groups like the Illuminati, groups of saint worshippers, and things like that. So much so that Doja Cat now has a video where she's like making out with the devil and she put together some photo essay where she was confirming she was a member of the Illuminati. Jokingly, she's saying jokingly, she's confirming she's a member of the Illuminati. Her cat is a member of the Illuminati and so on and so forth. It's possible that, and, and I would argue that kind of going with the first story, sometimes people can make deals with dark forces and they don't understand the full extent. And I'm sure that this happens more often than not. I, I don't think every celebrity has made a deal with the devil. I, I think most of them haven't, but I think some of them have. But let's take Lizzo's case. Had she done this, I think there's an argument to make that. Imagine if if you were so desperate for fame. She'd been working since 2013. She was having very, very little success. She does dabble in the dark arts, or she has a friend or a connection who can do this type of thing. And a deal's made saying, I'll give you five years of success, and then at the end of five years, I'm going to require something for you to do to continue said success. It sounds like a great deal, right? Or maybe you do make an initial sacrifice. Maybe it's something my, they go, you'll do this, but you know, you're going to have to give up this or you're going to have to sacrifice this in your life. Or, I'm not saying that she's out there killing goats or anything like that, but we do see that type of thing. And then the five years pass or whatever time period it could be. It could be two years, it could be seven years, whatever it is. And then payment comes due. I think you could, at that point when you're a mega... I'm not saying Lizzo's doing any of this, by the way, as her lawyers are furiously scribbling out legal paperwork. You guys got bigger problems than me. I'm saying this is just a theory. You do it, and then all of a sudden you're a mega star and you're blowing up. And then when the time comes... To actually pay the price, a couple things may go through your mind. You may go, oh, that was just a coincidence. It wasn't, I mean, I there no demonic monster appeared in my room. I just had a couple candles and I was selling my soul, quote-unquote. But that's just a figure of speech. There's no such thing in the paranormal. So you don't fulfill the second part because you don't really know if there was this demonic bargain, this Faustian pact. So you don't do the second part, and then your curve falls apart. You may also start to have ego and say, uh, well, I'm so big now, nothing can take me down. <laughs> no, this last time I'll say it, but no fun intended. I'm so big now, nothing can stop me. You don't do the second part of the sacrifice. Everything falls apart. That's possible. But I don't even think that's the main reason why Lizzo is being shut down hard. I mean, this is very, very fast. Again, we have celebrities on all levels of public life that do horrific things to children, do horrific things to adults, engage in all sorts of evil across the board acts. 
some of them, if we don't know about it, if it's totally a secret, then we don't know about it. But some of them, it's well known in Hollywood. Other ones, it's kind of seeping into the national stage. But again, the media is not covering it. This is my conspiracy theory. I'll wrap this up. You could argue it didn't. <laughs> I didn't need to spend 40 minutes talking about it to get to this point. But let's throw on a conspiracy capture the first time this season. I think that Lizzo was, uh, talent aside, there was a coalition where somebody said, we want to get a fat woman up here to start singing. We are going to really, really milk this body positivity thing because it makes money. Makes money across the board. If I have any fingers in the food industry, bananas, if I'm a banana magnate, if I hype up obesity as not just healthy, but something to be desired, people are going to consume more food. People who otherwise may, you know, go, oh, I don't want that, I'll have that salad, or, you know, I'm, I'm going to just have a slim fast today. No, we want people to consume food at great levels. So we're going to promote obesity so people gobble everything up. Or at least don't restrict it. I'm not saying that because you like Lizzo. You're like, two buckets of KFC, please. And this is what I call my dessert. I had five buckets for lunch. But maybe you do go, you know what, I'm not going to go on a diet. I'm healthy as I am. And you just continue to consume. And you have this whole internet culture around it that is, you know, backing it up. They're like, no, that's fine. You don't. You, I think that it's possible that she was an industry plant for people who were profiting off. Obviously, you have the music industry profiting off of it. But a lot of this stuff, you have people sitting on different boards of different companies and different industries. And this is where the hidden hand can become a little more complicated. Let's highlight the lifestyle of obesity. Let's say that this is a good thing. We can charge more money for big people clothing. We're making a ton of money off all of the junk, you know, all of the junk food. People don't really get fat eating New York steak, you know, $120 steaks at a restaurant. That's not normally how people get fat. Cheetos and Taco Bell and stuff like that. So we're going to highlight this. We're going to make this a thing. So why is it stopping now? I mean, th this is a way that you can just constantly make money. But there's something new on the horizon. And I think it is going to drastically change life in America. Life in America first, and then the West, and then the world. And that is the diabetes drug. Um, they have different names. Wegovy. Osmopic is another one. There's a couple of these. Semi-glutid, I think, is the um, the uh, the scientific name for it. But I'm sure you guys have heard about this. It's a weekly shot you can have injected into you. And you feel full. You feel full. You don't want to eat. And you lose weight very, very rapidly. This drug, it's already being called a wonder drug. I believe, and there's a couple other drugs we'll talk about later too, not in this episode. <laughs> Obviously, this one has gone on a while. These drugs will, I believe in five years, there will be no obese people in America who 
make less than, say, 80000 a year. The drug's expensive. It's $1,200 a month. That's four shots, four injections, one a week. The insurance companies don't want to pay for it. it. It's a diabetes drug. That's what it was developed as. So it's gone through all the safety testing and everything like that. It's been used for years. But now they're discovering that it can be used for drastic weight loss. And what'll ha- what'll happen is if the insurance companies don't want to pay for it, you'll start to see, and we're already starting to see its effects in the media. Like Jonah Hill now looks like Jonah Dirt Mound. He's, he's the skinniest guy. He's like maybe like 170. He's doing this stuff. The allegedly, I guess I should say, but you have this this drug that can make you skinny. You are just not hungry. You don't want to eat. It's not that you're continuing to consume stuff. You don't want to eat. And you're spending $1,200 a month on this drug. And it's going to change the makeup, the physical makeup of America. I believe at first we're going to see no, you will not see obesity in people of a certain economic bracket. And I'm not just talking the ultra wealthy. It'll be like upper middle class and beyond. Their kids won't be fat. They won't be fat. And you go argue, you could argue, Jason, a lot. We don't see a lot of obesity in those economic brackets anyways. But as the drug becomes more welcome into society and as eventually the insurance companies are going to have to pay for this, you're going to start to see everyone but the poorest Americans taking this drug. You'll see people, so like with me, for me, and I'm not judging anybody else. I'm not judging anyone who's ever gotten uh, any sort of gastric bypass surgery or done anything else. For me, losing weight, the suffering is part of the journey. Right. If someone said, hey, we want, if a doctor says, listen, we got to give you this shot. You you have horrible health problems. You're going to die. You've eaten a lot of bananas. Been in Amsterdam lately? You're half banana. You need to eat more than that. If a doctor ordered me to get it, that'd be one thing. But for me, the suffering is part of the journey. That's probably the that's probably the Southern Baptist in me, right? Borderline Catholic, really. The suffering is part of the journey. But I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't hold it against anyone who has gastric bypass surgery. I wouldn't hold it against anyone who takes this shot. You'll have people like me, but think about it though. In a world where only the poorest people are obese in America, eventually they'll just start giving it out. Eventually, you know, I'm talking really recent too. I'm saying the next five years, obesity, you seeing an obese person even at a Walmart will be rare. Five to ten years. And when you see someone who's still, like right now I'm 290, right? I'm a little bit heavier. <laughs> Some weight, I was, like I said, I ate a lot of tuna casserole. But if you saw someone my size five, ten years from now, you would think, oh, the shot doesn't work on him. Or, man, that guy's really poor. <laughs> that guy's really poor. There's not even any uh, fat trailer park people anymore. They're all on the shot. Or you may go, that guy's one of them old-fashioned people. That guy's like an Amish dude. I mean, if you see someone who is overweight 10 years from now, they will be completely out of place in America. I assuming so apparently this drug can't cause tumors. You're like injecting it all in you. You're like, all right, I'm taking it right now. And then you're like, wait, what? 
Some people say this drug can cause tumors, but I think that what'll happen is they've already found the key to the kingdom. They might have to fiddle with it a bit to make it 100% safe. But like FinFin was a drug back when I was a kid, back when I was in college, people would take it and it would cause you to lose weight. People were having heart attacks. Not everybody, but some were. And they pulled it off the market. I don't think we're going to see that happen with WeGovy or Osmopic. One, it's been around much longer. FinFin basically was speed. And you're giving it to people. Uh, It it affects a different part of the body. Whether or not it causes tumor. This won't go anywhere. That's my theory. They'll figure out a way to make it completely safe. As safe as they can. And again, if someone said, hey, listen, you can either be 300 pounds or you could be 180 pounds and you have like a benign tumor that we can surgically take out. You know, most people are going to say, I'll take my chances with the tumor. Even if it wasn't benign, I'll take my chances with the tumor. My theory is this. We go the Osmopic. It's very recent that it's come out that it's this incredible weight loss drug. And the powers that be have decided that Lizzo is no longer needed. I don't think Lizzo is a standalone case. I think we're going to start seeing an anti-body-positive movement in the coming months. I think we're going to stop seeing ads that have big people in them. Like, you know, they're like, hey, look at this ad. We sell sportswear for all these people. Those are those are going to disappear in the coming months and years. Those are going to be gone. A lot of these uh, astroturfed communities, I'm not saying they all are, but, you know, if you go to a place and you see one or two comments from someone, you're going to be like, oh, this place isn't that happening. But you see 5,000 comments, you know, 4,998 of them are bots. You think, wow, these people, these people are onto something. We're going to see a lot of this stuff dissipate because the money behind it is going to dry up. The thing is going to be we don't want these people to consume this food. We want them to get hooked. Because here's the thing with this Wee Gubby shot. You can't stop taking it. If you stop taking they say you have about a month. They go, let's say you're on this shot. It's $1,200 a month. I imagine it'll go up because right now it's so rare. People want it. They can't get it. Even people with diabetes, the people who've been on it for a while, they're like, hey, I need to get my diabetes treated. It's hard to get the shot. I imagine the price will go up. Insurance will start paying for it. So the price will definitely go up. You won't see a huge chunk. Your payment may not go up. And the insurance company is going to be paying out the nose for it. We're going to see this huge movement, this anti-obesity movement, and it'll basically be crouched in a science movement, right? It'll be saying, well, you got to take this. You got to take this. It's scientifically proven that it's unhealthy to be overweight. And we're like, wait, that wasn't what you were telling us these past couple of years. Like, shh, take this shot in your butt. And here's what I was saying. If you stop taking the shot for more than a month, your normal feeding habits return, so if you were eating a large round table pizza once a week and you you know eating your donuts and drinking your coke and going out to McDonald's and all that stuff while you're on the shot you don't want any of that but when you're off the shot for around a month that all returns none of the self discipline the only self discipline you needed was to inject this into you once a week all of the bad habits will return it'll almost be like a curse it'll almost be like going back on a devil's bargain right 
it's a wonder drug. You lose all this weight, but then when you turn your back on your new master, you begin piling on the pounds once again, which in the new skinny future will be, you know, it'll be like covering your face in tattoos. Even that's more, that's more accepted than I think in this new future, you'll just be this, man, this episode's running long, gotta wrap this up. But in this new future, you'll be the outcast if you're not a particular weight. I do, that's my conspiracy theory. I think because these, saying you can't dance if you're too fat, that that I think is a biological fact. Uh, It does make it harder to dance if you're 400 as opposed to 300 or 200. And I think that She's getting silenced because, and she may not even know any of this. These all, and here's the thing: I'm not saying the allegations are fake. It's a she said, she said thing, right? I'm not saying that the people who are filing the lawsuit are part of this conspiracy. I think that these events may or may not have happened, but the reason why we know about it, and the reason why we know about it every single day, is because someone way above this fray. I don't think Lizzo knows about this level of it. I don't think the backup dancers or the documentary filmmaker, any of them know about the level of this. These type of lawsuits get filed all the time. And normally we don't know about them at all. But someone way above all of that has said, why are we putting money into this? Let's start going towards the new thin future where we have... I mean, think about it. You can eat and eat and eat and eat, and that's boosting up the economy, but that's a short-term thing. You're not going to be around when you're 80 years old. That's a very short-term thing. You know, you start eating out of control in your 20s, you know, you start to get up to your 40s, your 50s, and then that could be it. And that's if you're lucky. Four or 500 pounds, we don't see a lot of people who are that weight in their 50s and 60s. But imagine if you could get people, everyone, really, they'd be giving this to children. I I think we'll start to see children taking this. Everyone in America taking one of these drugs for the rest of their life. And their lives are long. And they can consume other products. They can consume television shows and movies, toys, all that stuff from childhood all the way up until their natural death in their 70s and in their 80s. So... You got to be looking at, you can see this very short term 20 year window where you let people consume whatever foods they want and you're making money off of that. Or I can spread that out from age of 12 all the way up to 80 where they're, they have to take my drug. They have to take my drug. If they don't take my drug, they're going to be one of the outcasts. And the way to get people to take that drug in the first place is to smash the body positivity movement. And the way to smash the body positivity movement is to take out the leaders. It's just a conspiracy theory. I don't know if it's true. But just based on the way humans treat each other and based on the way that this hidden hand often does manipulate things behind the scenes... Not for the betterment of people. I mean, obviously, I think if everyone was 180 pounds and fit and lived longer, I think that's a great thing. Do I think that it necessarily needs to be at the end of a needle that you have to be on for the rest of your life? I'm not going to judge somebody if they do it. But you got to know that someone's profiting off of it. 
And when you see stuff like this happen, which again, she may have made, she may have made them eat bananas. She may, she very well may have done that. But the fact that the way that this, the narrative's being placed against who it's being placed at at the time that it's being placed at, the fact that all of these things are happening when we finally have this magic drug that will destroy obesity. First, I think it'll destroy obesity in America. And then in the West, Europe, and things like that. And eventually, obesity pretty much will be erased across the planet in, say, the next 30 or 40 years. It's very weird to think about, right? But to do this, you've got to remove the body positivity movement. And I think Lizzo will not be the last casualty of this. I simply think she's the first. And we will begin to see this happen across the media. The body, the big bodies are going to start to disappear from the TV screens and the magazines. And you may go, good, uh, good. I, I don't like fat people. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying this, but, you know, you're not, or maybe you're not you either, but I'm sure there's a segment of society saying, good, I, I, I didn't like this body positivity. I didn't like fat people being shoved down my face in the first place. Like, I'm glad that all this stuff is, I don't like Lizzo. I'm glad all this stuff is leaving the media. You may think that, and that's, you're totally fine to have that opinion, but you always got to wonder, what's the motive? You got to wonder what the motive is either way. You got to wonder why certain voices and certain ideas are amplified in the first place, and you got to wonder why they're being silenced. Just because you agree with the end results of the conspiracy doesn't make it any less sinister. And you always got to wonder what's going to happen to you when, for whatever reason, that hidden hand comes knocking on your door. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.